Thank you for listening to this episode of The Kindness Rebellion. On this episode, I spoke with Ben Curtis from the Dude You're Getting Well podcast. Uh, This was an awesome conversation. I loved talking to Ben. I was on his podcast, Dude You're Getting Well, so make sure to check that out. In this episode, we talked about his experience as, you know, the face of Dell Computers and, and how that went for him and kind of the fallout and how he picked up the pieces and learned to grow from those experiences. Um, it was a wonderful conversation. He has um, immense insight on uh, well-being and especially emotional well-being, which is what we talked about a lot. And also we talked about how masculinity is perceived in our own lives and how we can kind of grow from masculinity. And uh, this is a conversation really for everybody. That was something he was kind of clear about is that masculinity and how it incorporates into our lives isn't just a male or female thing or even a non-binary thing. It's for everybody. It was just such an awesome conversation. So make sure to let us know that you liked it by liking, sharing, and subscribing, and make sure to give him a follow as well. Thanks so much. This is a podcast about rejecting tyranny and oppression by cultivating both systemic and individual change. I believe the only way to create this kind of monumental change is to inspire understanding, love, and kindness. From there, we can work to embody these essential values in our cultural systems and in our individual lives. My hope is that by effectively communicating with anyone and everyone, we can establish a shared vision for humanity and explore new ways of living to build a better world for all of us. I'm your host, Nathan Jones, and this is The Kindness Rebellion. Thank you so much for coming on to The Kindness Rebellion, Ben. I really appreciate having you on here. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks awesome. for having me, Nathan. Of course. You know, I, I absolutely loved the conversation that we had on your podcast, Dude, You're Getting Well. Um, it was It was such a really... Uh, enlivening conversation for me and it was uh, great to have that experience with you and I really enjoy your podcast and I uh, I want to invite all of my listeners to please listen to your podcast and and they can access it on like uh you know Spotify uh, Apple Podcasts I'm assuming pretty much pretty much anywhere yeah, you, can get anywhere podcast, you right? listen yeah we Absolutely. it should be there awesome and it was so, a pleasure to have you on the dude you're getting a well awesome. uh, I always love to support kindness I don't think there's enough of it in the world and as um, you know, Martin Luther King said, you know, only light can, you know, darkness can't drive out darkness. Only light mm-hmm. can do that. And I really believe kindness is part of bringing that light to this world that needs it mm-hmm. so much right now. Nice. Oh, I love that you said that. Thank you so much. That's awesome. Well, let's let, to get to, to get us started. I'd, I'd love to have you just kind of like introduce yourself a little bit, and as as well as like the Lions Den that, uh, that you do as well, um, and just kind of what your ambitions are within this space of podcasting and as well as what you do with the lion's den. Cool. Okay. Um, well, my, the reason I've created a podcast, um, for a lot, for those of you who don't know, I was the dude, you're getting a Dell guy. I was the face of Dell computers from 2000 to 2003. And I was in college at that time studying acting on an acting scholarship at NYU um with that money i moved with the dell money i moved into the financial district which um where i did a a personal growth and transformation workshop at an organization called landmark and it completely changed the way i thought about my life really opened up a lot of new possibility possibilities and then within a month of that um that area became 
which is my backyard basically became ground zero. So um, I lived a block and a half from the World Trade Center and um, being famous, being in school full time at NYU, like working my butt off and um, making a lot of money and then being really, really sick from that um, and unknowingly so was not a great uh, recipe for <laughs> growth. Um, I had undiagnosed PTSD and, um, um, I really turned to drugs and alcohol to, to self-medicate. Um, I didn't know all that at the time. And then I got arrested and it was nationally televised. And, uh, the saying was, dude, you're getting a cell. This was cell phones were still new. So this was a jail cell, right? And it had my, I had my mugshot actually check this out. Oh, nice. So I don't know if you can see this, but this is actually the uh, dude you're getting. This is the um, one of the articles from that time. And I put up there just to remember like how far I've come. And um, well, I'll put it back up later. <laughs> but, um, you know, not to haunt me, but to use, you know, I've turned my pain in, into my purpose. And I realized mm. that how sensitive I was basically from all of this work. I say all this that to say that I was struggling with so many different things, emotionally, mentally, physically, financially. Um, I became unhirable. Um, I was blacklisted after getting arrested from the acting industry. Um, even today, I mean, I've still had, I'm, I'm at the top of my game acting wise. I've done so many films and TV and still um, like I'm, I haven't, gotten that next level up with with agents right so mm -hmm. it's an opportunity to really do that um, and find the right fit for that but um i'm i'm saying all this because i learned that um a lot of the suffering i was going through was optional mm -hmm. and that i learned to be a victim of my life and as i healed through this stuff i saw that i needed help couldn't do it alone i thrived in groups and healing happened so much stronger that way and I really um, benefited from having a mentor and or coach and or therapist. Mm -hmm. um, still to this day, I have all three. And nice. I looked into being a therapist. I love to help people. I've been a personal trainer, a yoga instructor, mm -hmm. meditation teacher, an athlete, um, professional actor, right? But it just, I wanted to go deeper with people and, and acting was so much. I can create my own work, but I also... Um, a lot of the industry is you're at the effect of agents and the casting directors and the whole process to, to even get the job, right? So I just mm -hmm. decided to just start looking at self-care as a career mm -hmm. and doing what I love as part of that. And um, I didn't really want, I didn't, I couldn't see myself sitting in a therapist's office all day, every day, listening to people that really want to get proactive and like, in there with people like let's mm -hmm. shake it up and see what happens together and and then mm -hmm. i realized over time i started training as a coach i went back to landmark i trained as a coach um i trained a lot of places as a coach as a trauma facilitator um doing acting like working with my body from head to toe i've studied so many different modalities of theater and performing arts and now healing arts um yoga meditation all those things theta healing i'm a certified theta healer um I've now begun becoming an animal communicator just because of my intuitions developed that way. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so all of these things I've used to basically, I decided coaching was it, it, it became a perfect fit. Mm-hmm. I could make content for people every day. I could uh, be with people, and they could be with me, and it could be a growing process. And mm-hmm. coaches changed my life more than even therapists because they really had me get accountable for stuff that I might hide from therapists and things like that. And and it's the differences with coaches and therapists. I don't think one's better than the other, but it, I needed someone to really hold me accountable and mm-hmm. have actions. And even if it was the way I was going to talk to myself that week. And, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and then I found also with groups, I found men's work in recovery. And that just looks like men working together with specific goals and structure for healing and safety that allowed growth mm-hmm. and allowed honesty. And so now I facilitate those groups. So that's what the lion's den is. So this is all to say, um, this is how and why I became a coach mm-hmm. and that I've really taught from experience and I've worked mostly with men because I am male presenting, you know, mm-hmm. I look, it's, Anyway, I, I'm, I'm responsible for who I am and I try to work with that. But at the same time, I've worked so much through trauma. I've worked with veterans mm-hmm. um, and I just saw the importance of, of the work and showing up for people. And then suddenly my every area of my life got better too. my career, my acting career, my music career. I have a band with my wife called Dirty May. And we're actually playing a big festival tomorrow. We're playing three festivals around the country this month in hey. October. Congrats. Thank you. That's awesome. And all this is growing. And so I do this um, because I want to show up for people. And I know what it's like to have someone there for you, for me, and the difference that's made in my life. And sure enough, I have testimonial after testimonial of really being able to, I mean, I've, I've developed tools over time and personal methods to really help people grow. And it starts with self-care. And that's what the Lion's Den is all about. It's a 10-week men's group it's virtually. I have guys from all over the country, actually Canada too now and internationally. Mm-hmm. And we meet in small groups and we just hold space for each other and we hold each other accountable. We celebrate each other. We support each other. And we have wisdom of not just my coaching and tools and healing modalities, but also of the entire group. Mm-hmm. And we all learn from each other. Mm-hmm. And so the Lion's Den is uh, is soon going to be part of Dude School, which I'm all branding because I turned my life around from being the Dell dude to kind of the well dude now. <laughs> nice. So I came up with a hashtag, dude, you're getting well, and I'm turning it into a book and I'm turning it into, it's my podcast now. And I talk to leaders all over the world about how they take care of themselves and how they struggle with self-care and what they do. You know, mm-hmm. if you're running a huge business in today's day and age and you have a family and responsibilities and, um, and the pressures of society and everything we're dealing with, it can be a lot. And mm-hmm. now just out of my commitment, Dell has brought me back 20 years later. I work with them and I also lead um, actually with this organization, Golden, I'm wearing nice. your shirt today. I teach corporate workshops globally now on self-care for success and that's my motto today self-care equals success because if we've got to put the oxygen mask on ourselves first because if we're not taking care of ourselves we cannot show up fully for any area of our life Mm. and we don't know how to do that today because even social media and um 
and blue lights and all the technologies we have while they're beautiful, they keep us stimulated all the time, keep us on. And so, you know, it, it's really helping to turn back to nature now and people mm. tuning back into the seasons and the moon. And um, so I, I also turn my clients, even like, you know, the biggest CEOs back towards nature nice. um, and towards healing themselves. So um that's kind of the full package. Feel yeah. free to ask me anything that's from there, that's but that's amazing. that's why I do what I do. And I also believe in doing what I love as part of my self-care. Mm -hmm. So my acting career is still a voiceover mm -hmm. booth here, and I'm still on TV, and I still uh, travel with my band and my wife. It's, we have business meetings. We have band meetings. We have coaching meetings, and I have a team. I don't do it alone. I have an yeah. assistant. I have a pr producer. I have an advisor. I have a coach. I have a therapist. I have a couples counselor. Mm. Um, so I really believe in the future of work is non-monogamous and that we've really got to work together if we're going to grow and heal this planet. And, yes. you know, anyone who does anything great, I don't think does it alone. And um, okay. I really, it's it's just been about like learning to love myself. And I think that's part of the kindness, like being learning mm. to be kind to myself allows me to be kinder to others when I'm not in alignment when, with myself as most of the time, I mean, think about it when you haven't slept well or eaten properly or, um, or you've been depressed or something, you're so much nastier than people in your life yeah. sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, because you treat yourself that way. Yeah. It's so show up if for we people the way they need. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you start to like really work on yourself a little bit, like even just a few minutes a day, just taking time just to like, listen to your body or just mm -hmm. listen to whatever's going on inside yeah. or ask yourself what you need. You, We have a wealth of information and I believe our hearts also are so much stronger muscle than our brain mm. and um, they're proving that. And yeah. even our gut has its own nervous system. And so mm -hmm. we have so much incredible wisdom in our own bodies that we continue to outsource to screens. And so I think mm -hmm. it's about like, taking all this information, even while we're listening today and taking this and going and using this and, um, and turning this off when we're done and like being silent for a little bit and just seeing mm -hmm. what, what shows up. I love that. There's, there are so many things in that, that you said that I really resonate with. One of the, one of the big things that I, I really love about like your journey and your story is just the idea of not trying to like hide from your past or hide from your mistakes. Mm. Um, I think that's, what's really inspiring about you is that you've been able to, you know, have a pretty big mistake in this 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 big challenge in your life that you not only overcame but also like melded with and used mm. to grow from which is like i think it's something that a lot of us need to understand we need to know how to fail we need to know how to fail in a way that's going to help us grow and uh and that's just i love hearing that you were able to do that and then also understanding that you don't have to do it alone i love that the lion's den is all about like groups it's all about collaboration with each other mm. and getting more feedback and understanding because i i agree with you kind of the the therapist situation it can be helpful for certain uh scenarios right therapist is very helpful for me but it's a different it's a whole it's different a, environment yeah. right yeah yeah because but like kind of a more collaborative environment and and mm -hmm. an, an environment where you can start to kind of hear like, oh, I'm not alone. And mm -hmm. I can start, you can start to hear like, oh, okay, that's a good perspective. That's a good idea. And then um, I also just love what you said about holding each other accountable and having a more like accountability based 
um, growth system is just so healthy because I think that's that's what a lot of people really need. You know, yeah. uh, you know, our individualistic culture is really like, well, it's all on you. You got it. You yeah. got to do it. You got to do it. And, you know, obviously we do have to make the first steps. But by having people that we're accountable to, I think it really helps um, just solidify that and grow from there, mostly because yeah. um, I, like humans evolved to be collaborative. You know, we evolved because we're so social. So by being able to have other people accountable that we're accountable to and is accountable to us, we can actually start building those collaborative relationships. So yeah, I, I really agree. love that. I, I love your journey. It's, it's, it's so awesome to see that and also see that you've really transcended all of the like mistakes you've ever made and you've been able to just really grow. And I'm, I'm assuming you're probably in a much better place than you, than you ever were before, you know, before you made those mistakes. Wow. Yeah. And it wouldn't have been possible about that. Maybe I have, but Mm -hmm. yeah, I think so. I think so. I, you know, I want to mirror a couple things you said too, just now. Um, I I mean, I don't know if I've transcended every mistake, but Mm. I've become more aware of them Mm. um, so that I can practice choosing differently. Yeah. Um, You know, my wife and I, we still, it's, we really believe we're twin flames. She's a double Gemini. I'm a double Mm -hmm. Scorpio. And we, (laughs) I mean, it's, it works when it works and when it doesn't, it's like, it's intense. And Mm -hmm. we often will be really upset with each other and saying the exact same thing. (laughs) <laughs> just in different ways mm-hmm. and we have the same complaints with each other and mm-hmm. it's it's just it's wild but i i believe you know there's an opportunity to make the people in our lives wrong especially the people we love the most and closest to but i really try to listen to her as my greatest teacher mm. like, and like what is right about this that i'm not getting or what can i learn from this because mm-hmm. it's we can study and talk and insight all we want and read and and all that but Man, it's when two energies come together that that's when the rubber meets the road. That's when the work yeah. is. Like mm-hmm. when those energies actually collide, how are you responding? And even then, you can't always do it in the moment because you're trying to do it when your nervous system is most literally. I've been reading about this too. Your nervous system in fight or flight literally shuts down mm-hmm. the part of you that does most of the reasoning. Mm-hmm. and emotional processing and literally just tries to defend yourself. And so whatever yeah. mechanism you have. So in that moment, you can't access that hypothalamus the way you need yeah. to sometimes. So you've literally got to train your body and your nervous system to do that. And so mm-hmm. what's different about me today is I practice training my nervous system for that. And nice. um, I practice breathing when I'm most activated, I practice taking space. I take cold showers every morning. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I move my body every day. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, the other thing about failure and making mistakes is, you know, you're like, uh, I can't remember exactly what you said. It was something like how you were able to turn that around. And I was just laughing because I was thinking, well, you know, I tried to hide it, but mm-hmm. It, was I mean, too big. it just blew up yeah. in my face it became on national television i couldn't <laughs> escape it you know the more whatever you resist persists mm. so i mm. really believe these feelings have to be felt in order to be healed nice. and if we don't make time for our wellness we'll make time for our illness and failing is so important mm-hmm. it's like you i mean you're we spend our lives trying not to fail and 
man, that's the whole point. It's like, it's not perfection. Life isn't about just being happy. The more, the older you get, the more people die Mm -hmm. in your life. And so if there's one thing I've also learned, like I lost my, my, my dad died last year and he was my best friend. But what I learned from it is the beauty of, of grief, Mm. of pain and to embrace these things and, and just learn from our failures and own them and talk about them and share them. My God, if we just shared like, Hey, here's what I messed up on. And here's what I learned every day. Mm -hmm. Like if leaders said that, like, my God, we would be moving mountains being honest. And that's what the lion's den is about. If you can't do it anywhere else in your life and maybe you don't know how, or you don't have Mm -hmm. practice, Mm -hmm. here's a place to practice being honest. Here's a place Mm -hmm. to practice. Like, Ooh, what if I say this out loud or, um, you know, practice being like, you know, I have always wanted to be a coach or a speaker, but I've been mm-hmm. kind of too afraid to go after it, like mm-hmm. to practice shining your light or, you know, I've always wanted to learn guitar, mm-hmm. uh, whatever it is, like anything's possible. I've seen people in their sixties and seventies start to turn their life around and yeah, it may take more practice at some point. Cause if you've been doing one, you know, one thing the same way, it's just, I, I believe like the, the great analogy of, of a record, right? And you've been playing the same track a certain way, the way you respond to everything is the same track. So as soon as you can become aware of that, mm-hmm. then you can try to lift the needle up and play a different song. And it doesn't yeah. mean that first track goes away. Mm-hmm. It just means suddenly you have some other options yeah. in your nervous system to choose from. And we can start to reprogram. And I just think failing is so important. And I used to be so ashamed from these things. And that's why I finally put this thing on my wall. Cause it's mm-hmm. like, and try to, I made a play out of it. Like I, mm-hmm. I, it was so dark and so funny <laughs> because I just, it's like, what else am I going to do? I mean, mm-hmm. I, otherwise I would have just had a panic attack and tried to, you know, drink myself into oblivion or something. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't handle life i couldn't even handle feelings i couldn't handle my nervous system i felt raw and exposed all the time Mm. and um and you also mentioned something about you know not doing it alone and i tried that too it doesn't work Mm -hmm. (laughs) it never works it works for a while you get really good at doing your own routine and suddenly someone comes and mixes it up Mm -hmm. honestly every time i let someone else in even if it's like i don't use any of their ideas just being open to hearing something else, I grow, I expand from that. Yeah. And yeah, so I'm a- all about holding space for other people as mm-hmm. much as I can. I do a lot of talking here, but you know, I really believe in listening and listening for people's greatness mm-hmm. despite their mistakes. Cause failing's part of it. We know how to fail. We know how to beat ourselves up. Mm-hmm. We know how to do it alone. Mm-hmm. We know how to suffer. We don't actually know how to thrive. We don't yeah. actually know how to ask for help. We don't actually know how to pause and breathe in our most intense moments. So those are the mm-hmm. things, those little things can literally change our entire life. Mm, I love that so much. I mean, it's, I love that you say that because a, that's something that I've really tried to do with the kindness rebellion here is, is trying to build back these, like this, this need for collaboration, this need for each other and the, and a big, you know, the beginning of that is understanding each other. And mm. uh, I can tell that that's a lot of like what you're doing and what the lion's den is about is, uh, is opening yourself up to understand each other and try to kind of build those connections, but also like knowing how you can grow 
from those interactions and grow mm-hmm. from those connections. It kind of reminds me of, um, I was listening to a podcast with uh, Vandana Shiva and she was talking about how, you know, she, she went and got her degree in, it was like, it was a uh, particle physics and stuff like that. And so she was kind of like mm. socially groomed to just feel like she was sort of better than everybody. But then she went and started talking to these farmers and she's like, I know nothing. She's like, these people know the land. They know this environment. And so when she started realizing that literally everything has intelligence, every being has intelligence and that she can learn from that intelligence, she's like, I couldn't stop the growth. It was just, Mm. it just kept going, you know? And Mm. that's exactly what that made me think of. And and I love that you're creating that space for people, especially men. And that's actually where I kind of wanted to move on to next is I wanted to know why. And, you know, obviously you're a, you're a man. So I think it, it resonates with you, but I think that there's also something deeper here as to how men deal with their emotions or how we're socially conditioned to deal with our emotions. And I'd love to hear about kind of why you chose to, um, to help, uh, you know, kind of set up the lion's den to really help out men with these and, and why you think that's lacking. Um, got it. So I'm hearing kind of why men. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but in a positive way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's not, not positive, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, like I said, I'm a man. I'm cisgendered, white presenting, um, hetero presenting and, um, I don't identify as all those things, um, but I do identify as male. And um, uh, I believe more in the Kenzie scale of sexuality. Like I'm attracted to humans and uh, I tend to, I'm married to a woman. Um, And I just say that also to normalize all that stuff. I've had depression and anxiety and PTSD. That doesn't set me aside from gender. I grew up in the South. Uh, I have a big sister um, who actually taught me a lot about feminism at a very young age, or actually about toxic masculinity. She challenged mm-hmm. a lot of things I said, and I was really grateful for her. I still am <laughs> mm-hmm. for my big sister. Um, she was protesting before anyone else. She was recycling before anyone else. So she kind of taught me to challenge and think about things objectively. And then my parents, God bless them, also traveled a lot. So they took us to France and Europe as a small kid. And so I really got to see, oh, and then my dad worked with Haiti a lot. And as a minister, my mom worked with refugees and was a French teacher. So we had a lot of Haitians come to our home Mm -hmm. and Haitian art. And I grew up in a white neighborhood at the top of a hill overlooking beautiful Chattanooga, Tennessee. And right at the bottom was a very, very poor black neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And my best friend was black and I didn't understand why things were so different for us. And my dad did a really good job of explaining that he worked in civil rights. And so I just started to see the unjustness in the world and see and hear the racism. I mean, the way people spoke about each other behind their backs in the South is crazy. And Mm. that kind of, um, I just, I was always believed in love and thank God for my dad too. I think he really showed me how to be a sensitive man. Mm. He was also the first openly gay priests in the Atlanta diocese and the Southern diocese, um, which is huge because Atlanta is a very progressive place. Mm. And he was the first man to say I'm gay. And, um, and yet he loved my mom so much. So he was just, and then he owned his sexual abuse that he had been through. And, Mm. um, 
there's like suicide and trauma in my family. My grandfather committed suicide. My godmother's committed suicide. Um, my great, great grandfather committed suicide. And so there's, um, I went actually rather than committed suicide. I heard something different recently, the way someone said it. Um, like died by suicide. Yeah. Yeah. Died by suicide. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. I yeah. really want to be mindful, like committing a, it's not a, you know, Mm-hmm. Yeah, they chose to end their life. Um, yeah. And not to mention a bunch of friends, but I, as I studied mental health and as I became really unwell um, and learned about, like, I had four generations of depression on both sides. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, why, how did my dad make it out? Yeah. You know, his dad didn't even say, I love you. Like, how did my dad make it out? Like, how did mm-hmm. my dad get in touch with his emotions, under, taught me that bullies are are you know, if they're, if someone's hurting you, they're probably hurting themselves. Mm. Um, you know, that, uh, uh, you know, my mom encouraged me to be a sensitive guy, even when it wasn't cool and I couldn't get a girlfriend or anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of why I ended up befriending the gay guys early on. And I loved it. I was accepted. I could be mm-hmm. feminine. And mm-hmm. then I started to say like, and thank God for my gay friends. They're the only guys who are like, you don't have to choose sexuality. You can just be yourself. Mm. Don't worry about what box you fit in. Thank God mm-hmm. for New York City yeah. moving there and, and getting to try all that out and acting school and dancing and getting in my body. Like Latin culture, this, they're already in their body. You know, mm-hmm. we're so, it's so interesting because I'm white in, in this country. And um, I just always pulled for culture and dance and sexuality. And um, I just saw there were so few spaces for men, especially mm-hmm. hetero male you know white presenting straight presenting like they're, they're just so f- and, and let's take race out of it mm-hmm. um let's take the color of our skin out of it let's just say men like they're just so few spaces in our culture thus far for men mm-hmm. and it wasn't like that we we in tribal cultures indigenous cultures it is like there is wisdom there is eldership mm-hmm. there is counsel but something about this individualist society has had us really pull away and mm-hmm. be like oh my money I'm protecting my assets. This is my Mm -hmm. family. Like you stay there out. This is my ground. That's yours. And that's Mm -hmm. how like monogamy started. I mean, we were very communal Mm -hmm. people. Yeah. And all this way of being on our own is very new, actually, if you study history. So Mm -hmm. male suicide is higher than ever. And my wife has all these women's groups and there's so few men's groups. The only, most of the ones I found were sober groups, which is mm-hmm. how I found it. Um, mm. and sobriety. But then I started finding groups outside of that and coaching mm. groups and men's work. And I was like, what's that? And I started going to these men's weekends and I was like, Oh hell no. Like mm-hmm. I do not want to be part of this heteronormative, like ego aggressive, like mm. men's weekends. Yeah. Um, I grew up with that. I just didn't need it. And mm-hmm. it, turned out to be so different and i saw all these guys were just like big teddy bears like (laughs) the toughest dudes and i've sponsored dudes in jail in Mm -hmm. sobriety like i've dealt i i had a sponsee that had he had multiple countless bodies under his belt Mm. from prison he was a he was literally the head of a latin king in jail and he was like i watched him cry with me you know Mm. and talk about his struggles and um you know, I just saw that 
as soon as I started, oh, and this is the other great thing. When I started coaching, I had all these inspirational videos and I was trying to be like my other friend who's a coach and they weren't really landing. People are like, that's good for you. In fact, some of my friends unfollowed me because they were like, my life sucks. I don't want to hear about this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I started sharing about how I was struggling. Mm. And men came out of the woodwork like how in the world do you speak so openly and vulnerably and cry mm. and blah, blah blah and i was like oh oh and i finally got this is my mm. my sensitivity was my superpower my emotional mm. life and all of that and that i had a especially after my father died i began to saw see i almost had a recalling or a responsibility to lead men mm. and and to be led by men like when i mm. lead men in the lion's den and dude school we i'm led by them my father died while i was leading my first lion's den and these mm. guys were like ben uh great that you're here we don't know how you're here why you're mm -hmm. here but we're going to support you this week i love that same That's thing awesome. when my wife um when, when we had a miss when she i keep struggling with this like we had a miscarriage yeah. she had a miscarriage and yeah. Yeah, it affected both of us greatly. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, again, carried by guys in my my own program, That's like so guys awesome. showed up who had had multiple and lost children, and you know all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's like, wow, you know, I have guys who are like straight, gay, old, young, married, divorced, single, uh, you know, corporate leaders, uh, you know. Um, uh, garage, uh, garbage men, like whatever, like mm -hmm. it's, we really just have to learn to be together and stop mm -hmm. focusing on how we're different. Even how I'm describing these things are like, as if all these things are totally different people, mm -hmm. we're just people. So I yeah. really want to have a safe space and I think men could use it more. And that's just the missing I see right now. I I'm sure for people, um, transgender non-binary it's even harder mm -hmm. but i am not those and i will let the professionals who have been through that speak for that space mm -hmm. um and i and i help everyone mm -hmm. it just so happens i focus on the lion's den for people who identify as men because of what i see in culture and the and most of the stigmas men have, have absorbed mm -hmm. yeah and I think there's I mean there's clearly a, a, a huge need for it mm -hmm. I mean you know because like when, just when you were talking about kind of the the men's spaces that we do see, it really it almost feels like the only the only space that there was, or um, that was at least like shown to us was kind of like a space to like harness power and to mm -hmm. use masculinity as a form of power and kind of control and domination in a lot of ways. And it was it felt really reductive yeah. because it, it was like, oh, is that all it is to be a man? Like, is to just control and dominate and hold power over people? And that actually brings me into my kind of my 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 big question is it almost feels like masculinity is like it almost feels like masculinity has been like this big destructive force. And it's, and I think it's because of it's been because of like, you know, our patriarchal systems and and just what we've been shown is masculine and what we've been told is masculine. And so I'm, I'm kind of curious that in your experience, you know, with the lion's den and trying to help men embrace their emotions and embrace like a wider spectrum of what it means to be masculine what kinds of what 
things about masculinity are virtuous and what is vice like wh what can we mm. what is what is valuable that we should be holding on to and what is what should we just be really stop giving energy stop giving energy to well masculine those are great questions mm. um masculine and feminine are are different from from male genitals and female genitals yeah um, yeah mm -hmm. so i want to say uh we i mean right there is the answer like what works for us is our masculine and feminine what it works against us is our lack of balance mm. um so i would say polarization is something that's pretty sin uh synonymous with a lot of um relationships today mm. especially in um probably even same-sex relationships um deal with this too but um i i know for ones that are dealing with different gender that there is you know a masculine and a feminine and there sometimes if it gets too neutralized that it actually loses the needed polarization that mm. actually attracts yeah um and so it's still important for people to tap into their masculine power and tap into their feminine and i feel like mm. some of us are literally underdeveloped in one or both of those areas or overdeveloped mm. in one or both of those areas so most yeah. of us even in today's culture we're changing a little bit as as millennials have grown up and the next generations are coming up and like creating our own jobs and things like that Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I think I'm one year past the elder millennial mark. Mm -hmm. um, so, but either way, um, so my generation was still taught we had to do what our parents did, which is what our parents did from their parents, which who went through the, the depression. So it was all scarcity mm -hmm. mindset and, and needing mm -hmm. to do the safe job in order to have the safe career. And mm -hmm. so we're now we're seeing that's made up. Yeah. And, um, that we can literally create our own. So the other thing I think that falls under us is from masculinity is that most men and women, all genders actually experience this pressure to need to carry shoulder the burden by ourselves mm -hmm. in order to make it through life. Mm -hmm. Especially if you grew up in a tough neighborhood, you learn to toughen up in order to make it through life. But that toughness only protects you from life or death. It doesn't, it doesn't actually help in interpersonal relationships. Mm -hmm. It's literally about life or death there. So when we try to be tough in business situations, we actually close ourselves off from possibility mm. because our toughness is, it's a tight, strong energy and the feminine like teaches us to relax and open. And as mm. soon as we open, like literally you can feel it when I open my hands in front of you versus mm -hmm. like when I'm like this, yeah. or I go like this, like the energy in the room changes. Mm -hmm. So imagine if we can start to soften in the areas where we need to tap into and train our bodies for resilience. Yes, that's mm -hmm. all good. Um, so I think men uh, often struggle with, um, and these are generalizations based on yeah. what I see, but mm -hmm. uh, how to channel anger safely mm -hmm. and how to channel it, period. Mm -hmm. um, be how to... Uh, understand and express and name our emotions i think there's a lot of challenges with that um feeling that um vulnerability equals weakness even if we've been told that it doesn't we still see other men behaving in ways that doesn't necessarily make us feel comfortable crying in public right 
we've also been told if we hold hands, that means we're different. So we're judged differently, right? If women hold hands, they may be friends, you know? And so if we're too affectionate, right? That means something different about our sexuality or how we are with each other, right? So we shouldn't hug each other too long. Um, we shouldn't say how we're really doing in our relationship because that actually lowers, gives away our power. And that means we're weak, right? So all of those things like giving away your power, telling your truth. At a co I was coaching say to me, how in the world are you supposed to be vulnerable and tell your weaknesses and expect people to come pay you money? Because <laughs> it means you're, you're human, dude. <laughs> You know, no one, everyone's going to be skeptical of the person who has it all together. My favorite moment ever in any video I've ever seen of Tony Robbins is his wife talking about her crying in the closet because she was so upset with him. <laughs> you know, I was like, finally, humanity, right? Like, it's great to talk about these things, but how do we operate interpersonally? And that is also going to change. I see that in business, these male... Um, ways of these masculine, hyper-masculine ways of being, of, of competition versus collaboration. It's just those energies of um, hyper-discipline with body and fitness, but like when it comes to making time for heart space, softening, like the four pillars of, of wellness are movement, exercise, nutrition, sleep, and stillness or meditation. Most of us lack things still, you know? Um, intimacy. I think a lot of men still especially feel less permission to be able to be intimate really with one another. I even have gay friends who struggle with that because it's, there's other things present, like bodies need to be something else. And, and, you know, we just protect ourselves. We protect our hearts. We think if we keep a distance that we're going to be safer, but actually we just cut ourselves off. So this is an all an opportunity to connect. So I think, and then the parts of us that are virtuous are the, that stubbornness, that power, that pushing through, that not giving up, that, that shows up, that is important and necessary in life in the moments mm. when we do really need to power through. Yeah. But look at why you feel like you need to power through something, mm. right? Like if you were to die tomorrow, are you glad you powered through or would you have just rather have put a healthy boundary on that and go be with your family for the final four hours of your life? Mm -hmm. You know, like what are our priorities? And so yeah. that's the other thing I help men, help anyone, any kind of leader, any person look at the priorities in their life. You can be an amazing father, but how do you parent yourself? Mm. You know, that's and no one else is going to make time for you. Mm -hmm. You've got to learn to carve those out just like you do for your job, for your body. The amount of time you take away from yourself to answer messages for people, it could wait, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just about learning to put healthier boundaries on things so that you can show up more powerfully. Mm. And I think all of these things, I mean, I sort of steered away from your uh, question, but it's it's because I don't think it's black or white, but I do mm. see men struggle I'll name the, the, some of the, the topics we look at the most, shame, mm -hmm. sex, money, like shouldering the burden, feeling like we need to like carry the finance for everyone, mm -hmm. um, uh, anger, I already said that one, um, uh, intimacy, um, being a man, um, 
uh, masculine, feminine. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple other ones I can't think of off the top of my head, but those are some of the ones. Um, so any of those things, like, you know, we need to start taking care of ourselves. And I think if men actually did that, then it would actually allow women to fl- to fly even more. We could support mm-hmm. them even more. We could, yeah. um, we could really listen for each other's greatness. Even we would have, we can, here's the thing. Here's a gift I want to give men. If you quit trying to do everything by yourself, you actually empower the other people in your life to be greater. And then you shoulder lessen of this burden that is made up. Mm-hmm. So you feel better <laughs> and oh, other people yeah. do too, because you've given them the gift of like, you've empowered them to help you mm-hmm. and like, Oh wow. You want me to support you? You know, some people would love to hear their partner say, I could use some, would you, I, I, I could really use some help with this. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Honestly, that, that entire answer was wonderful because I love, <laughs> I love the idea that it's, it's never black or white. There's not necessarily a virtue and a vice that we just simply like, okay, we're going to only focus on these and get rid of the others because even the things that we, we think of as a vice, you know, maybe just like the power or whatever. I, I love that you say that it's really about the context. It's about mm-hmm. what 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 you're really using it for. What are your priorities with, with these emotions, with these abilities and these skills? Um, I love that. It's just so much more contextual and it's really holistic because it's really just trying to understand what is happening like within your psyche, within your, you know, your body and your emotions and understanding. Mm. I love that you also talk about like channeling anger. Um, mm. That was something that, you know, I, I kind of, I struggled with for a long time because I was more of a person that would block anger constantly. It was just like, I'm not allowed to feel this. It makes me, me too. uncomfortable. I, I was the ultimate nice guy. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Those so are, like, you gotta be careful. Those guys got some rage <laughs> underneath. You know? Exactly. And being able to channel that in a way that is like, helping your priorities it is making you more effective but not harming your relationships is is very very smart and i I love the way you answered that because Mm. um i think it's easy to say like ah masculinity is toxic or toxic masculinity is ever pervasive Mm. and and i think there's a lot of toxic masculinity but it sounds like it's more so the way that we are prioritizing those emotions and how we're not channeling them in a healthy way. Yeah. We've made it toxic. It's not inherently toxic. Mm. That's so like not cool. That doesn't help. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've even, I've said that a bunch of times. I I've worked with guys who won't even had a guest who wouldn't, he said, I would really prefer us not use the word toxic in relation to masculinity because masculinity is not toxic. It's what we give to it. It's the people and how Mm. we use it that, is toxic so it's not inherently it has nothing to do with men or masculinity it's mm. what we've been taught and how we've used it yeah. how we've been programmed and so it's literally it's also i mean it's our responsibility and it's not our fault mm. because it's like been that. programmed for generations so mm-hmm. it's not your fault and it's your responsibility mm-hmm. right it's because a- you ha- you're part of this world mm-hmm. i think it's interesting that you say that because i kind of I, I really agree i feel like any form of toxicity that comes from masculinity, um, I think it's really cultivated within our culture. I think Mm -hmm. our culture really draws it out of people because our culture is so focused on selfishness, greed, and um, and like power and individualism. And so I kind of, I actually wanted to ask you, do, do you find it difficult helping men when our culture is essentially like, like breeding this? It's, it's, it's like drawing this out of us. Mm. Do you, you know, do you see that as, as an overall 
like roadblock or is it i guess how I do you see it as that? an opportunity now mm. i see any challenge as an opportunity so mm. um, anything that feels like a roadblock block is just another opportunity to mm. practice listen and learn from that um mm. as much masculinity maybe um dramatized and beefed up and used in a negative like way today um uh we really need to like teach our children you know our sons about heart-centered culture and about mm. compassion and things like that and i think um that as much as what you're talking about is being bred that also you know don't get it wrong like us light workers all this positive light that's coming out is like being raised as well like the vibrations mm -hmm. of the energy workers of the healers of the coaches of the mothers mm -hmm. raising their children they are like you know there's a lot of this up with we will no longer put energy mm -hmm. and strong forces coming for change and healing and good and we can use this crazy wild chaos we have seven planets in retrograde right now including mercury the good news is it's coming to an end Monday, but everyone always says, oh, it's terrible. Everything's a retrograde. Yes, we can feel a lot of extra energy, but it's a time mm -hmm. to channel it. This is also a new moon. This is also a time to harvest. This is also time mm -hmm. to reap what we've sown and to keep planting seeds and, and go after and create newly. So there's a lot of good, positive, powerful energy um, being put into the universe and beyond now. Mm, I like that. Yeah. You're right. It's it's easy. It's easy for me when I kind of am looking at, you know, systems thinking and and uh, trying to look at like, you know, one thing I focus on a lot is like our socioeconomic system. And I think mm -hmm. of uh, how like our economic system fundamentally prioritizes things like greed and power and control and things like that. And so it's easy for me to just say like, well, that's the that's the fundamental ideology that's being fed. But you're right, because with even if that is a very powerful force there's always an equal and opposite reaction and i think that that is growing very strongly um mm -hmm. <laughs> it, it was something that i it was something that i really found valuable that came out of like even covid you know a lot mm. of people finally realized like like we're all connected <laughs> we we are like they're trying to separate us and it's hurting us even more kind of thing like we have yeah. to we have to work with each other and we have to care about each other um and that's kind of honestly what born like what what created the uh, the kindness rebellion is just seeing that that need there, um, and so I, I really love that you point that out. Um, we're we're kind of reaching the end of our episode here, but I'd I'd love to kind of uh, I'd love to leave the listeners with um, have you leave our listeners with uh, just some some ways of moving forward. I guess some action items that they can try to be held accountable to in order to um, really help themselves be well. Uh, and to you know collaborate and integrate with the other people in their lives a lot mm. more effectively. So uh, what could you suggest for them? Ask questions. Mm. Get curious. Um, beginning, here's a great thing I give clients who are learning about their wellness for the first time just let's start with the four pillars of wellness mm -hmm. and just grade yourself from one to ten um uh 
10 being like a perfect score if you like you know a through f or whatever Mm -hmm. um i try not to do anything that puts more shame on us but let's just take inventory real quick Mm -hmm. like if you're listening with us like how is your um exercise and movement on a scale from one to ten um let's think about it say the first number that comes to your head and then how is your sleep how's your rest on a scale from one to ten okay the next how is your nutrition how the the, how do you feed yourself what you put in your body how is that on a scale from one to ten and how is that like how do you feel based on what you eat do you even know what you feel based on what you eat Hmm. and then lastly how much time do you make for your stillness meditation or intention setting Hmm. right this is the one i'm going to leave out because this is the one we 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 in this today's culture, I see we're really, really lacking. Mm-hmm. And then we blame people for going off the grid. Oh, those nomads and their vans. Those people are listening and quiet mm-hmm. and listening to nature and seeing the truth and asking what's needed. So whether or not you have four kids under four, like my coach, multi, multi-million dollar businesses, or you are unemployed at home with all the time in the world, (laughs) no matter what you're going through, if you start to just look at one action you could take to move each one of those things up one point, Mm. just one action. Um, Most of the time it looks like setting your alarm for 15 minutes earlier and spending five minutes in silence or either listening to a guided meditation or writing what you're feeling or writing what you want your day to look like Mm -hmm. or your week to look like or writing what you're grateful for just taking some moments to literally put positive action into the universe because every action does have a reaction so if you write about what you want and how you want to feel when you have that and if you meditate on how you would feel in your body right now if you had that actualized in your life right now and you see that in reality now you practice imagining it your brain doesn't even know the difference Mm -hmm. some of my dreams are more real than than this podcast right now (laughs) so if i practice taking that time to to really visualize and feel that you are one thousand times more likely to achieve that in your life Mm -hmm. because you're actually training your system to listen for it and call for it. And so whatever you look for, you will see evidence. So mm. if you look for that, I am a failure, you're going to see evidence. If you look for, mm. I am a success, like just, you know, shift what you want to do. And I say, just take a little bit of time to write that down. And, and the key to manifesting, I really find is, is just to practice what it'd be like to have right now. But that could be like, what if I just love myself a little bit more today? You know, what if I, um, what if I practice saying yes to everything today? Or what if I practice saying no to everyone today? You know, if you're a yes man. Um, so I try to say like, what's one action you can do for your self care. That's going to move the needle just a little bit. That's attainable and realistic. Mm -hmm. Guys are like, I'm going to go to the gym five times this this week. Great. Can you go take (laughs) a walk today for 20 minutes? (laughs) And then if you want to go to the gym tomorrow, do it. But like start with once, Mm -hmm. right? Because we'll set ourselves up 
for failure. We're, we know how to do that really well. So this is about reprogramming. So you have to take a different action if you want a different result. So mm-hmm. do something that's kind to yourself. Yeah. Right? And the kindness rebellion, right? The greatest thing you could do is do one thing that's kind to yourself. And if you are a um, known procrastinator and a known lazy, like you love to splurge or be fat or watch lots of tv or indulge whatever today your assignment is to stop to notice when you beat yourself up for that because you're never going to be able to change that behavior while you're making yourself wrong for it Mm -hmm. there's a reason they call it losing weight because if you've lost it your body immediately thinks you have to go find it Mm. right so what if you just started being kind to yourself man you would you could actually lose weight a lot easier Mm. so it's things like that so let's start with kindness i love that wow i i just have to touch on some of the things you talked there because that uh that's just so wonderful like i especially love that you mentioned you know if you if you keep reminding yourself that you're a failure you keep like telling yourself that you're really just opening yourself up to start capturing more of that energy Um, even on like a neurological level this is something that people aren't really aware of a lot is that um, when you are when you are feeding a certain emotion you're literally like you're activating a center of the brain that's going to map more negative emotions more closely to it and in order to shift Mm -hmm. over to a a more positive mindset that's going to map more positive experiences in your mind is a huge transition and it's a lot of effort to make it happen and so it's amazing how much of a difference just like literally being kind to yourself when you're in those negative moments can make because you're you're actually you're trying to stop that mapping in your neural network from growing you're literally stopping yeah. it from doing that and try to stop that's hard yeah just try right? to stop that's why we have groups and stuff so we don't have to mm-hmm. do this alone we don't have to be you know i have so many alarms that remind me of things and it's fun <laughs> Yeah, You know, it'll remind me to be kind or remind mm-hmm. me to celebrate or remind me to dance once a day or remind mm-hmm. me to have some fun sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. And like, and another thing you've mentioned is not only just like allowing yourself to be kind when you are, maybe you are missing the mark, um, but being able to move through the shame and maybe the vulnerability that you're feeling in those mov- in those moments. And sometimes I find myself like, if I can manage it, which is, you know, it's difficult in the first place, but if, if I am, well, it's unfamiliar, right? So that's the other thing I have Mm -hmm. people do every time we say it's hard. I'm like, is it, or do you just have less practice at that? Yeah. It's right. So consider, yeah, it's unfamiliar. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and so essentially like just, just allowing yourself to be able to move through it and almost feeling like a gratitude for the feelings, you know, Mm. like maybe, maybe the shame is, is really it's really toxic and it's really destructive but um one thing that my my great friend sam would always tell me is he's like shame is a motivating emotion to do better and so if you can actually feel Hmm. like a gratitude for that emotion and not shame yourself further just for having it then you can actually start to say like well maybe this is my my psyche telling me that i could do better and, and you just start to open up yourself in in a new way so um i really love that uh those key points and the ways that people can start to really help themselves so that they can really start helping each other and collaborating more. Yeah. Yeah. And if you need, if you need some mental access to it, one great question, um, 
from Access Consciousness. My, um, I also have a podcast called Wake Up Wednesdays that I do every Wednesday with a healer, uh, Daniel Tuttle, and he mm. he taught me this. And it is, um, how could this turn out better than I ever could imagine? Mm. That's awesome. And so no matter what I'm going through, or the other one is what's right about this that I'm not getting. Mm, I like that. When I'm in a place where I'm feeling stuck or really challenged by someone or something else, like how could this turn out better than I ever imagined? And immediately you open yourself up to new possibilities. You know, you may never see things. We had, um, oh man, our bass player, um, had to cancel for like one of our biggest festivals coming up and we were so bummed and um he 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 had like a oh it was just like it was some big thing i think he has a wedding it's something very important obviously we just couldn't make it happen and so we had to find another bass player and we we just we couldn't it was so hard that the festivals in north carolina we were trying to find people online ask people every band we knew we had these huge bands that were like, hell yeah, we'll play for you. And they're like, oh, sorry, we're on a different day. And we're only there for 24 hours. Um, and then this this one band we love called Maddie Walsh and the Blind Spots ended up deciding somehow to stay an extra day. And we were like, stay with us. And then we realized we asked permission to, to work with their bass player. And their lead singer, Maddie, was like, yes. And... So we're hiring him. He's incredible. And then Maddie, who my wife has looked up to for years and we're friends now, asked if she could sing with us. And we were like, oh, my God, we're going to have Maddie Walsh. That's you know, so we, awesome. But we're, and we're all friends. Like, we love each other. But, mm-hmm. you know, how could this turn out better than we ever imagined? Well, we're going to have a pretty sick show. You know, That's like awesome. I went from freaking out. Oh, and we had zero backline, which means oh, like we were yeah. going to get there and have no mm-hmm. amps or anything. And so I just uh, asked for it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Oh, we don't have this without contract. And I said, Well, we're flying from New York. Mm-hmm. This would make a huge difference. Guess mm-hmm. what I got in the mail today, an email saying you got everything you asked for. Nice. And which type of organ would you like of these three? <laughs> I'm like, Hell yeah, you know, so ask and you shall receive be open to it. That's you never awesome. know what you could create. And um, yeah, so I just big shout out to kindness and um, starting with ourselves. And thank you so much for having me on this on this podcast. Of course, thank you for coming on. It's been an awesome conversation. I love talking with you. It's a great opportunity, and you have a wonderful mind, and uh, you have an, a, a very abundant mindset, and uh, you resemble kindness in so many different ways. And so I, re- oh, I really appreciate you. you coming on here. Thanks so I much. I love ben. talking to you too. Wait, where are you located? I'm in Utah. Oh, you're in Utah. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're ever in New York, let's hang out. And when we come out to Utah for you, if there's any festivals that you love mm-hmm. or you would love to see a friend's band play at, hit me up. <laughs> I, I will make it out there. Yeah. And yeah, I actually, yeah. I have a band I too, to so Utah. I would let you know. <laughs> oh, sweet, man. We'll yeah. send me your music. Don't sweet. hold out on us. Will do. <laughs> I see that sweet guitar behind you. Oh, yeah. I'm actually the drummer in that band, so it's kind of funny. Watch out. <laughs> All right. Well, um, yeah, let's talk about it. And um, for everybody listening, I just want to give another plug. Thank you so much for having me on here. If you do want to talk to me, um, I I love to to get on calls. I do free 
15 minute coaching calls with people to set you up to talk about like how we could work together and how some of my work could make a difference in your life and to also hear about what your dreams are and how I could support you. So that's easy. Hit me up on Instagram at Ben Curtis official or send me a message anywhere you find me around. Uh, and, uh, dude, you're getting well. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Thanks, Ben. Yeah. Thank you, brother. Hope you enjoyed that episode of The Kindness Rebellion. I loved talking with Ben. It was an amazing experience. Uh, make sure to check out my episode with him as well and the rest of his podcast, Dude, You're Getting Well. And uh, if you're interested in joining any of the Lion's Den programs, make sure to reach out to him. He did mention at the end of that video um, his uh, Instagram handle, which is just Ben Curtis. So make sure to check that out. Like, share, subscribe. Do whatever it is you do to let us know you like the podcast. And once again, thank you so much for listening. Um, it's conversations like these that help us build a deeper understanding of understanding love and kindness so that we can change ourselves and change the world. Thanks so much for listening.